Not much time for the post-Turkey Day hangover. If you're the Nashville Predators, they have a busy week ahead with four games on the schedule. What can they do to carry momentum that they've built over the last couple of games and some of these big matchups? Plus, it's Monday, which means it's time for plus-minus. And a minus that highlights one of the biggest problems for the Preds this season that no one's really been talking about yet. Let's talk about today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast. That's available to you on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast, and, of course, on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. There's something about Thanksgiving weekend that just makes me uh, not care about any of the responsibilities I'm supposed to have this week. This is this is like this is like a senior year week almost. <laughs> There's actually two days of work scheduled. For me, I always resent cooking a meal this entire week because I know on Thursday I'm gonna have to cook this big huge meal, and so I feel like it's a free pass to eat out or to tell people make fix your own all week. Oh, yeah. So this is my like cooking week off. Yeah. It's like pregame. It's like in, in like pro football where it's like the day before you don't have a practice, but you have like the walkthrough. Yes. Just guys in like the hotel parking lot in like sweatpants, just like walking through what would be like a game winning play practice your substitutions, the easiest like work possible. Yes. That's, that's me a- in the <laughs> kitchen. Yeah. Uh, Well, we do have a Thanksgiving show planned for you. That is coming up on Thursday. We're excited for this. We we had to find a way to top last year's uh, if Preds were Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) We think we might have gotten found a way. We think we might have found it. Yes. But you're going to have to stay tuned uh, till Wednesday to hear that. But Preds have some business to take care of before then. And four games this week. Uh, two of them are in the Central Division. One of them is an old school rivalry. And it begins tonight at Bridgestone Arena with a showdown against the Arizona Coyotes, a team that is bad, but that doesn't seem to matter to the Nashville Predators because the Coyotes have had the Predators number uh, for the better part of the last three or four years. We're going back to the... The, of course, the the play-in, playoff oh, series, whatever you want to call that. Kemper. Uh, last season's, you know, debacle in the final game of the season oh. that cost the Predators uh, the first wild card spot and set them up for that ill-fated showdown against the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's... I, <laughs> It's it's hard re, like showing showcasing any sort of Preds Coyotes game because it's like one of those where it's like this could be a four one win for the Nashville Predators. This could also be the most embarrassing moment of the season that Preds fans will be talking about for years to come. 
Yeah, that has so been the history of it. And when you look at records in the Central Division, you see where the Arizona Coyotes are. You think, oh, okay. Look, friends, take a whiff in the air. That is the smell of a trap game. That is yeah. what you smell. That is the smell of potential impending disaster. And there's a couple reasons for it. You know, you look at Arizona's record and, it, you know, they're bottom of the Central Division. It's not terrific. But the things that have gone well for Arizona are some of the same things that have gone well to turn things around for the Nashville Predators. Arizona has beat Washington. They beat the New York Rangers. They beat the Florida Panthers, my mm -hmm. friends. Yeah. So... This is one of those games where don't sit and look at, oh, we're going to go play those spunky fellas in Detroit or, oh, I can't wait till Friday when we tackle the avalanche because y'all, the coyotes are in town and you are a hundred percent right. They're, they're the people that tell the joke that makes the whole class laugh at you. That is who the Arizona coyotes are to the Nashville predators. Like this team they kick our feet out from under us every time. So have a healthy amount of respect for the potential of tonight's game because it ain't nothing, my friends. Yeah. And apparently, to make matters worse for the Predators, it sounds like the Coyotes are going to have Jacob Chikrin in the lineup for the first time this season. That of hasn't been confirmed, but the, the Coyotes said he's going to play at some point this week. Uh, a lot of people think it's going to be tonight. Chickering, of course, uh, hasn't played all season, missed most of last season with injuries. Uh, they're going to try to get him warmed up to possibly dangle at the trade market. Uh, you know, this this was a guy that during the lockout, or not the lockout, but the COVID-shortened year two years ago, a lot of people looked at his game, a lot of people looked at his advanced analytics and kind of went, huh, this guy might be in the Norris conversation. Like this guy should be in the conversation as one of the best two-way defensemen in the league right now. Uh, and so the Predators are going to probably have another key weapon for the Coyotes that they're going to have to account for. Because look, you know, as bad as the Coyotes are, as like kind of shallow as their roster is, you know, they still have guys like Chikrin. They still mm -hmm. have guys like Clayton Keller, who is, yes. you know, a dynamic young player. Uh, injuries kept him from being the Coyotes' first 70-point score since 2012 last year. Thanks to the Predators doing that, the Coyotes now have the longest active streak. So, you know, as as you would say, Anne, they ain't nothing. They ain't nothing. Like, they're this team... Honestly, I have almost more of a healthy respect for the Arizona Coyotes because they're the sucker punch that just keeps hitting us. So tonight's game, the Nashville Predators, you know, they have got to come out. They have got to be on their game. They have got to be on the attack. They cannot play back on their heels because Arizona, I mean, good grief. Do we have to talk about last year's game? I don't want to. But air, you know, we were up what four nothing. Were the Predators four up? nothing in the first period? Four nothing in the first period, and we're not going to talk about what the score was at the end of that game it or was, what it was happened not, after that. It was not four nothing. I it will, was I will not say that. four nothing. That's, and that's the only context clue. 
Yes. So, and again, I go back to, you know, Arizona has won some games where things have gone their way. They've had some games where the goalpost has helped them out. They have gotten some lucky bounces. And here's the thing. They also are just kind of getting it done in some of these games. They play, you know, tough against the board. They can play with some speed. They're hovering around the front of the net. And if all of this sounds familiar, it's because Nashville does a lot of the same things. So this has the potential to be a game. Yeah. It's going to be a game, y'all. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you have to prepare for kind of the weird. And talking yeah. about it in the Preds' recent stretch, you know, the Preds have, you know, the, the loss, overtime loss to Tampa aside, they still have points in four straight games now. Yes. And, you know, there's a lot of people that you can break down that Tampa game in a lot of different ways. But the the key takeaway is they had a chance to win that game right at the end a couple of different times mm -hmm. so it's like you know it seems like the predators have been playing better but you're right in like of all of their eight game homestand a lot of people were circling and say this is where you got to turn it around this is where you got to save the season this homestand right here this is kind of the one trap game yes because you know we know the history with the coyotes and predators we know it's, you know, a central division rivalry. You know, we, we know this, you know, could impact a lot of stuff across the division for, you know, the next handful of weeks. So this is, this is what feels like the trap game. And this is like the game that I think the Predators are going to have to come out on their P's and Q's. Yes. And the Predators are going to have to clean up their penalties because, and this totally shocked me, Arizona is sixth. In the league yeah. on the power play. So can we just not, you know, and, and we saw penalties kind of affect the Tampa Bay Lightning game. Again, that's another team that you just, you know, you cannot go to the penalty box for nothing over. Arizona is going to be that same kind of game. So the Predators are going to have to stay out of the penalty box, but they are really going to have to bring their A game. They are going to have to compete tonight to beat the Coyotes. It is terrifying, friends. Yeah. For sure. Uh, any Anytime you bring up the Arizona cat booties, there's oh. PTSD flashbacks of anything for like the past 10 years. Yes. They, yes. Dating back to that 5 a.m. hotel bar in Glendale. Back in <laughs> uh, God Too many. You. God bless Too you, many. Alexander Radloff. Uh, it is Monday, which means it's time for plus minus. We're going to give some pluses to things we went well and some minuses to some things we didn't, including one big issue for the Predators this season. I don't think a lot of people are talking about get to that in a second, but first want to mention today's show is brought to you by simply safe. Uh, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts were a spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% of their award-winning security system so that more families like yours can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe half off today and enjoy enhanced security and greater peace of mind this entire holiday season. Here's why people love it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 
by U.S. News and World Report. It's the third year in a row that's happened. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture official evidence and verify the threat is real so that you can get priority police your response. Simply Safe is also a whole home security system with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras to capture inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alerts you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. The 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than a dollar a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. And with the top rated Simply Safe app, you can stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. You can arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or just system settings. So don't miss your chance to stay big on the only home security system we here at Locked On Preds would recommend. You get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on. NHL. This is their biggest uh, discount of the year, so don't wait. Again, simplysafe.com slash lockdown NHL. No safe like Simply Safe. All right, Ann, it's Monday, and that means it's time for plus minus. This is where we go through the past week of Preds hockey, give pluses to the things we liked minuses to a few things that need to be improved so let's be optimist and start us off with a plus all right i'm gonna go for a pretty obvious plus but you know what when you earn a plus you get a plus on locked on predators that's just how we roll so my first plus is going to uc saros in the words of poet laureate ryan johansson he's the man so UC Soros has had an incredible week for the National Predators, and we have spent a lot of time this season, Nick, talking about UC Soros, and it has not always been he's had an incredible week. So want to give a shout out to Juice for absolutely finding his game and turning it on. He stopped 97 of the 105 shots he faced in some pretty tough games. He has a 924 save percentage for the week. For the week, he is digging out of the statistical hole that maybe he dug a little bit with some rough starts earlier in the season. And here's what's true about UC Saro's performance this past week. He absolutely kept the Predators in all three games, Minnesota, the Islanders, and against Tampa Bay, which is just such an offensive powerhouse. So UC Saro's it is delightful to see you back. We welcome you back. And as Joey says, you are the man. Yeah, we need that UC Soros, the UC Soros that we saw um, the other night against Tampa that we saw last week in the Preds three wins, that kind Mm -hmm. of game stealing UC Soros. And again, when he's playing like that, the Predators have a chance. The Predators Mm -hmm. have a chance in every single game they've played. Um, and I am going to give a plus and I know he made, you know, kind of a bad mistake. At the end of that game the other night, but I gotta give a shout out to Yuso Parson. Yes, you how do. he's played overall 
so far this year. Uh, another assist against Tampa Bay. He's played four NHL games, and he has had at least a point in three of them. One of those was, of course, a three-point performance against the New York Islanders last week, which included two goals and an assist. Um, it, it's just, you know, he's now got more points this season in just four games than a lot of key people on the Predators roster that we're going to talk about here coming up. But this is a guy that, you know, you watch him play and you forget that this is just kind of his first handful of NHL games because he looks so natural out there. Yes. He, he does a lot of good heads up plays. And again, like I said, he has made some rookie mistakes. We kind of brought this up last year, just little moments. Uh, the first kind of big one, came in that overtime against Tampa Bay yeah. probably, you know, should have, you know, dumped the puck, pass it back was a little bit too aggressive on the three on three. And that's what led to the turnover that led to the weird Matias Ekholm penalty where he just kind of booped a guy on the head. <laughs> that's for, what we're going to call it. For reasons <laughs> unknown. Um, yeah. He was blessing was, him. But, but, you know, the thing with Parsonen is this is a guy who has a very good NHL awareness despite mm -hmm. his young age. And, uh, you know, there, there's uh, like we said, the good, the good thing with some seeing some of these rookie mistakes is that it shows you that he still has room to grow, that his ceiling hasn't been reached yet. And, you know, I think the predators have a legitimate, really good top six midway center to kind of build around with him. And if he can keep this up, you know, Hey, he may be that missing piece in the top six that the predators have been trying to fill since 20, 2021 when Victor Arvidsson left. Yes. And you know, one of the things that I want to say too, about you so person in is he has made a couple of these mistakes, but one of the things that I think really speaks to why he is NHL ready is how he performs after those mistakes. Um, yeah, he comes to the bench he does whatever he needs to do and he is back out on a shift and he does not let a mistake alter the way that he plays the game on his next shift. And I think that shows such a tremendous amount of maturity to be able to just not let that mistake affect his next shift and his next shift. You know, he just kind of comes to the bench. Um, and I think it was Philip Forsberg said, you know, after one of those mistakes, he just said, Hey, you got, you got to keep playing your game. And right back out, Yuso Parson and goes, and he continues to play his game. He doesn't, you know, change his speed. He doesn't change his approach. And I think what a tremendous amount of maturity for, a, you know, a 21-year-old player in four games in the NHL. So tremendous amount of potential in this young kid. Love this kid. Love this yeah. kid. Especially in the context of, you know, what we've heard from, from recent weeks from, you know, some of the, you know, comments regarding like Cody Glass and Ellie Tolvanen was that, that was John Hines's reason for kind of sitting some of them was that, you know, they didn't really bounce back from early mistakes debate whether or not you got that chance, but it seems like Parson is getting a bit of a longer leash. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe he is just responding better the very next shift, you know, uh, like I think you said it last week, he's like the goldfish from Ted Lasso, you know, yes. be a goldfish, Sam, be a goldfish, be a goldfish, be a goldfish you so. Yes. 100 percent all right we probably have time for one more plus before we take a break what what's another thing that you've liked that you've seen this week from the nashville predators nick oh another thing that i've liked this week uh you know what i would have to say 
I'm going to go give a plus to Roman Yossi. Oh, yeah. He's starting to find his form because remember, as we talked about the other night, you know, we or like, you know, during previous plus minus, we said you like Yossi hasn't quite had the impact that he had last year, but things are slowly starting to turn around a little bit this year. Uh, he didn't have a point against Tampa Bay, but played very well, set up some pretty good shots, had some good shots on goal. But even before that, he had that four assist game against the New York Islanders. Uh, he's had points in five, four of his past five games. He's starting to finally heat up just a little bit. He's also, I got to shout out, that new defensive pairing with Ryan yes. McDonough. Now that's Magic. a that's another big plus was the decision to do that. And remember, you know, you like Roman Yossi moving over to the right side to pair with Ryan McDonough. Remember, we talked about that in the offseason as maybe being a possible move. You know, we said Roman Yossi, you don't really need to put him in a position. He's just one of those kind of go out there wherever you can and make plays, guys. He can mm-hmm. go over to the left if you want. He can facilitate plays from the right. He can go in down low and kind of be that fourth forward. And Ryan McDonough is the perfect foil for him because he's that anchor that can kind of sit there. I, I love that pairing. And it, it does seem, Anne, like that change, that little change, has opened Roman Yossi up a little bit more. And he's starting to make more plays. And I think that's a big thing for the National yes. I agree with you 100%. I feel like we are seeing him generate more offense. We're seeing him kind of do more Roman Yossi-esque play. And I absolutely agree that the Ryan McDonough move may end up being a key that unlocks some things for the Predators. So 100% here for that plus. Now, we are optimists. That's what's true about us. But we are going to have to tackle a couple minuses that need to be addressed after this last week. And we're going to do that in just a minute. But first, want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to World Cup soccer on right now and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and we know you do, you can find those at betonline as well. We are always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or you can use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Anne, as much as we like to be optimists, there are a few things that need to be addressed for the Nashville Predators. Let's hear a minus. Okay, so this one is not just Nashville Predator specific, and yet it is, and yet it's not. Can we please, for the love of all that is good in the world of hockey, figure out what in the ever-loving flagnog goalie interference is? <laughs> I like, can, mean, let's let's talk really. about that moment. Uh, first off, look, I, I think if you're a goalie and you're gonna rush like way out of your net to make a play yes. I, and you're gonna and like challenging somebody else that's gonna make a play like that should like that to me that's just a play like that's just a hockey <laughs> play 
if you're a goalie and you're just like sitting in the net, like sitting in your crease and you get yes. out, that's goalie interference. If you, you come out like way out of your crease to make an aggressive play, you should be fair game. And you got extra padding anyway. I remember, uh, I can't remember what it was, but there is a a play a few years ago, and I cannot remember the people involved, but you know, the goalie went over to the boards near the blue line to beat a player to the puck. The other player like kind of skated into him, like bumped him, and that A, he was uh penalized for goalie interference B like all of the goalies teammates just jumped on him and like started a brawl. It's like, look, I get it. You don't want people to touch your goalie, but if you're their goalie is going to make that play, he should be fair game. He should be just like another player. And look, he's yes. a large man dressed in pads. Like <laughs> if he gets knocked over, like yes. that's not, that's yeah. He like, goes down. Good. Yeah. Like yeah. the kid in a Christmas story who's all bundled up. And that's how your goalie goes down. I mean, I don't feel that bad for him. And when you read, because sadly, I was so irate about this. I went into the rule book and I started reading, okay, what is the actual language? And all of the language around goalie interference has to do with the goalie crease and scoring a goal. So I think that we just start calling whatever happened against the Tampa Bay Lightning the Tom Brady rule. Like, just don't touch him. You're, yeah. Technically, you're allowed to touch him, but don't you touch him. You know, and if you're a goalie, get the puck and skate it all the way down the ice and shoot a goal because nobody is allowed to touch you because you are the Tom Brady of ice hockey. It is ridiculous. Goalie interference. Someone make it make sense. Yeah. Uh, it was like the other thing, too, was like everybody like jumping on Michael McCarron after that play, like everybody like challenging him to a fight and everything like that. And it's like, oh, for OK, sake. He, he like fell at the blue line and skated in like it's not mm -hmm. like he ran your goalie like, yes, Tampa Bay Lightning. They're they're a whiny bunch anyway. Uh, that's been going back on since like 2015. Like they're a whiny bunch. So mm -hmm. not, yeah. not ideal. And yeah. I, I feel like I have to give my minus kind of no. more begrudgingly. And to me, this is when you look at the Predators struggles this year and their inability to win some games. This is a big reason why. What is up with the herd line? Oh, Nick. This has been yeah. maybe one of the bigger disappointments uh, of the entire year so far. It's, you know, you look at the score sheet, you know, Tanner Janot in 18 games has four points, you know, three goals and assist has pointed out on Twitter last week, fewer than Goldsmith, you know, Colton Sissons, you yep. know, even though he's not the, the big score, only four points this year, Yakov Trenin, that may be the most disappointing one because everybody kind of thought like, you know, his 17 goal performance last year seemed like there may be more of the tank there maybe a bigger role this year he's had a chance for a bigger role and he only has four points one goal so far and it's crazy and because we haven't really talked a whole lot there's been some people that have brought it up but we haven't talked a whole lot about kind of the herd lines inability to perform this year you know remember it's funny because in the offseason all of the sort of what ifs for the Predators were, were could Roman Yossi match last season? Could Matt Duchesne right. match last season? Could Philip Forsberg match last season? Nobody really talked about 
Could Tanner Janot get 25 goals again? Could Yakov Trenin get 17 goals again? And so far they haven't. And more than that, it's just the impact hasn't been this year. Yeah. You know, you, you look at, you know, you kind of go through some of their advanced stats and, you know, they're, they're in the negative when it comes to Corsi, they're in the, they're in the negative when it comes to expected goals. This was the team. This was the line that John Hines threw out there last year to get things going when he needed a spark plug guys that could take a defensive zone face off and then push the pressure the other way. They're like the spark plug line. And that just hasn't been there this season. And I don't want to throw the towel in yet, but you know, if, if you go through, you know, maybe the next couple of weeks and they're still a little behind where you expected them to be. I mean, it feels like maybe you have to think about maybe breaking up that line or doing something different with your third line. Well, and I know John Hines has kind of tinkered with, because let's talk, you know, what's real is that the fourth line has sort of been the story this season for a number of different reasons that we're not going to dig into here. But, you know, I know he's at times kind of put Colton Sissons down there to maybe get something started there, but there has not yet been any sort of combination that jump starts, you know, and Trennan. And granted, Trennan's been out these last two games with a lower body injury and he's day to day. But prior to that, it's been really quiet. And that third line, those players were the depth scoring that really helped Nashville last season. And it's the that's the depth scoring that is painfully absent so far this season. So as much as it hurts my soul to agree with you, I think it it's time to talk about the fact that that line has to produce. There's so much focus on the top six and you know, going into the season and, you know, Nita Ryder and Phil Tomasino and then Yuso Parsonen and then the bottom six, you know, it's the whole Cole Smith, Cody Glass, yada, yada. But in the middle there is just this absence that Nashville really is not going to, not going to be able to be as successful this season if those players don't get started. So ew, and also, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that combination got you 50 goals last yeah. year. A big part of what made Nashville scoring so dangerous last year is they had three lines that could score. Well, maybe 2.5 lines. Two, that could yeah. Score. yeah. Um, but they all, but <laughs> hey, and don't forget, they also had Phil Tomasino down on that fourth line who had 32 points, which, like you said, it ain't nothing. It ain't nothing, friends. You know what would, and here's the thing. If there was ever a place that you could put Cody Glass, that would be a perfect fit. It feels like that would be right in between Tanner Janot and Yakov Trenin. I can't remember if John Hines has tried that at all this season, but look. don't think so. Look, Cody Glass, Cody Glass is a good play facilitator who hasn't quite, quite found his 200 foot game. You know, Tanner Janot is a, you know, a good defensive player who had some offensive promise, but has struggled to get going. Same with Yakov Trenin. It just mm-hmm. seems like that would be a good balance, you know? And I know, I think the big thing, maybe the issue with that is Cody Glass, um, not like outstanding at faceoffs, And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the line that takes a lot of defensive zone starts, but you know, maybe this is an opportunity where, you know, John Hines, you know, maybe he puts the herd line out there for some offensive zone starts, puts Cody Glass in the middle with them, 
tries to set something up and then, hey, late in the game, you know, if you need to put, you know, Colton Sissons back in the middle for a defensive zone, maybe, maybe you do that. Maybe you but do that. Yeah. This, this to me, and that's kind of the biggest, an X factor not a lot of people have been talking about is just that, that depth, not quite where it was last year. And these guys are a big reason for it. And you, you hope maybe some of these games, you know, Colorado coming up, that's going to be one of those, well, let's just grind it out and see what happens kind of games. Maybe that's where this line stars. They, they played very well against Colorado in the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. but you got to look over the next couple of weeks. And if they can't get it going, you know, you, you got to start maybe reevaluating you know, do I need to do something different with the players on there? Do I need to move somebody up? Do I need to move somebody down? Do I need to try a different combination? Uh, but I feel like that shoe's about to drop pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely need to see improved production, especially from Jano and, and Trennan when he gets back. And he may be back in the lineup tonight. You know, we'll have to kind of wait and see because he is, again, day to day. But it really need production from those guys. Love them. Just really want to see them score some goals all right we are optimists though and it would be a shame if we ended on a negative note so i want to give my last plus shout out to nino niederreiter Mm -hmm. the i don't know if you saw on twitter the predators account posted thirst traps with dr pepper which i find a little bit uncomfortable i find those a little uncomfortable i'm not gonna lie but the one where somebody said that they would drive a great distance to boop nino nina rider on the nose and i thought you have summed up (laughs) how predators fans feel about this new addition to the lineup like nino nina rider so so boopable um he scored in all three games last week uh which is incredible he's the top scorer for the nashville predators right now he's on a line with duchene and johansson and i think that this has really kind of helped get duchene going he's had three points in the last three games when he's playing with johansson and niederreiter and Nito 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 Ryder is just such a great fit when you we talked about it in the offseason when they signed Nito Ryder. This is just a seamless fit. This is a square peg, square hole. Nino Nito Ryder getting it done and just so thankful that we have him on the roster. Love seeing his success. Well, he's already booped UC Soros once. <laughs> Back in the Carolina Hurricanes days. Yes, but, yes. Uh, we don't have to talk about that. No, uh, no. Favorite thing uh, about the Thirst Trap video was <laughs> Philip Forsberg. Uh, I can't remember what his said, but he just like looked at the camera and was like, yeah. yeah. Like, just like that knowing little smile must oh, yeah. staring in the wind. That is <laughs> a man who walks in confidence. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it didn't make the video, but apparently Sarah Giles tweeted out. It's like, when you got to, um, to Roman Yossi's, Roman Yossi looked at his and just like, why are people like this? <laughs> it's like, uh, who knows? It makes me, unco- I'm not going to lie. Like it makes me uncomfortable a little bit. Like I'm okay with like totes adorbs, but, and I'm okay with booping a nose, but like, yeah. yeah. I'm going to find a Matt Duchesne thirst trap. <laughs> no, no. He had one. And I was like, oh, he said, whoa, you should call up and talk to my wife. And I thought, I bet the wives would like to have some conversations. Yeah. Uh, 
That's a that's a whole other thing. That's uh, a whole other podcast. That is a whole other thing. So the Predators play the Coyotes tonight. We're going to have your recap tomorrow. Then don't forget Wednesday we have a Thanksgiving special planned for you. So be sure you tune in to that. Uh, in the meantime, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Predators wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Amazon Music. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all the big ones, we're on there. So be sure to subscribe. And if you like what you hear, drop us a rating. Let us uh, show your support. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, leave a comment. Let us know what you think of the Predators of past week. Who was good? Who wasn't? Things you want to see improved. And where can the people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at OnTheForeCheck.com. And if you like Red Wing stuff, you can find my work at Winging It in Motown as well. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. And be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore predators. That's going to do it for us on today's locked on predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow with preds coyotes recap. See you then.